morning. Today's Bible reading is from、um, Psalm chapter 104. Today's reading will be read responsively. I will read the odd verses, and please read together the even verses. Praise the Lord, my soul. Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. The Lord wraps himself in light, as with a garment. He stretches out the heavens like a tent, and lays the beams of his upper chambers on their waters. He makes the clouds his chariot, and rides on the wings of the wind. He makes winds his messengers, flames of fire his servants. He sets the earth on its foundations; it can never be moved. You covered it with the watery depths, as with a garment. The water stood above the mountains, but at your rebuke, the waters fled. At the sound of the thunder, they took to flight. They flowed over the mountains and went down into the valleys, to the place assigned for them. You set a boundary they cannot cross. Never again will they cover the earth. Mixed springs pour water into the ravines. It flows between the mountains. They give water to all the beasts of the field, and wild donkeys quench their thirst. Birds of the sky nest by the waters. They sing among the branches. He waters the mountains from his upper chambers. The land is satisfied by the fruit of his work. He makes grass grow for the cattle, and plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth. Wines that gladdens human hearts, oil to make the faces shine, and bread that sustains the hearts. The trees of the Lord are well watered, the cedars of Lebanon that He planted. There the birds make their nests. The stork has its home in the junipers. The high mountains belong to the wild goats. The crags are a refuge for the hyrax. He made the moon to mark the seasons, and the sun knows when to go down. You bring darkness; it becomes night, and all the beasts of the forest prowl. The lions roar for their prey and seek the food from God. The sun rises. And they steal away. They return and lie down in their dens. Then people go out to their work, to their labor until evening. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. Their ships go to and fro. And the leviathan, which you formed to frolic there, all creatures look to you to give them the food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send a spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in His words. Death and it trembles; it touches the mountains and the smoke. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. May my meditation be pleasing to Him, and so I rejoice in the Lord. But may sinners vanish from the earth, and the wicked be no more. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
If you can keep, if you can, uh, if you have a Bible, please open up to 104 as I refer to uh, this passage as I go through it. But as we find that passage, let me also pray for us that God will speak to us this morning through it. Lord, we thank you that you are a great God who's created the heavens and the earth. And we thank you that you care for each one of us. And Lord, we often lose sight of who you are and where you are. Uh, as, we're, as we get lost in the, the, our da- drudgeries and the, the routines of our daily life. So, Lord, help us. Help us to see who you are this morning, that we might live, we might see the world differently, differently. we might live differently. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How are you managing these changes that are in Hong Kong? The political situation is changing. People are leaving Hong Kong. Many of our church members are leaving Hong Kong as well. COVID situation constantly keeps on changing. It's hard to make plans for the future. One of the things about the uncertainties that bring uh, uncertainties is that it brings us to reflect on what we actually trust, what we have actually built our lives upon. Church, have you trusted in God through all of these changes? Have we built our life upon Him? Uh, We've started this uh, series through Psalms, and the Psalm series is all about God. Last week, it was about how God is our God. This week, we'll talk about God, our Creator, and next week, God, our King, and the qualities of God, who God is. And this is uh, God, our Creator. I mean, it's it's a small thing, but it's an important thing because it changes our perspective of how we see the world, the events of this world. If we see, in, as, as the psalmist do in 104, Psalm 104, if we see God as this mighty, powerful God who's created the heavens and the earth, things that we, couldn't, we can't imagine, and how He sustains it, how He's merciful towards us all, actually, we see then our situation differently. We see the world differently. So let's pay attention to Psalm 104, and let's pay attention to, to, to see the greatness of God that's revealed um, here. I'm sure you agree with me that nature reveals God's glory, God's awesomeness. I mean, isn't that why people are so tempted to worship it? Japanese, Korean, Chinese folk religions all have a place for worshiping nature, right? When we see a beautiful tree, we build a little shrine or a big mountain, majestic mountain, you build a shrine because we're tempted to worship these things because we see God's glory in it. Isn't that why Egyptians, Egyptians worship the sun? They saw something of great power and majesty in the sun. Or Canaanites worship Baal. Uh, the God of thunder and storm and rain because they saw God's glory in it. Hindus believe that all living creatures are sacred. Well, but because they are in some sense, because they reflect God's glory. But the psalmist in Psalm 104, of course, does not worship the nature. When the psalmist sees the nature, he sees God who's made the nature. He sees the glories of God. Take a look it's in, Psalm, uh, in verse 1, 1 through 4. When he sees the brilliance of the light, he sees, he sees God ra- who wrapped himself um, in it. 
he, when he sees the endless blue sky, he sees God who stretched out the heavens like a tent above us. When he sees the clouds moving, he sees God's riding, God riding it, commanding the wind and, and, and the lightning and all there is. And not only does he see the majesty of God in the creation, he knows that God has made all these things. So in verse 5, God set the earth on its foundations. And like in Genesis 1, out of the chaos and the swirl of the sea, God commands these waters and he separates them, rebukes them, assigns them their places and creating land and the sea. It's God who did that. He orders them so that the waters will make the grass grow. Quench the thirst of wild animals, wild donkeys, and then birds. It makes food for us, uh, for, uh, for, the, for the animals and the people, verses 10 through 18. He's made seasons. He's made day and night, sun and the moon, verses 19 to, through 23. God made all these things. And these are some of the details, right? This is a list of some of the things that he's mentioned here. Grass, plants, wine, oil, bread, trees, cedar, birds, stork, wild goats, hyrax, moon, sun, lion, lions, beasts at night, sunrises, the, the sea and its creatures, Leviathan. Did you know, Google tells me, there is, there's about 350,000 species of beetles alone. 350,000 species of beetles <laughs> About 10,000 species of birds, 1,000 species of sharks. That's just th 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 these three things. Think about the variety of animals and all the plants and creatures out there. Nobody has seen them all, but God has made them all. God has seen them all, and God sustains them all. That's the glory and the power of God. So he concludes with this burst of praise in verse 24. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of creatures, full of your creatures. If you go to London and to St. Paul's, uh, you'll find the, the tomb of uh, the grave of uh, Sir Christopher Wren. And it, uh, above it, you'll see this plaque that says, If you seek his monument, look around. Of course, Sir Christopher Wren built the St. Uh, Paul's Cathedral in London. That's his greatness. That's his genius. You just need to look around. And of course, we just need to look around the earth. We just need to look around the, the, the creatures and, and the beauty of the world to see the memorial to God. Uh, the the, the cre creation that sings God's glory. That is God's glory. And the sheer... The, the, the scale of it, the vast variety of it, the colors and the shapes and the beauty of each, big and small, speaks of God's glory. You know, if we stu scientists study one thing, right, they get, you know, they get their PhDs in one thing, and they, they're, they're, they, they marvel at this one little thing that they study. Even one of us, human beings, you can spend lifetime studying our human body and marvel at us. But God made them all such is his power such is his beauty and glory god created them all of course there are those who sees the same thing they see the same thing but they actually do not see god's glory in them uh, famous uh, biologist uh, richard dawkins or cultural critic um, christopher hitchens 
These are thoroughly smart people who see the same thing but have concluded that it's chance, you know, evolution and Big Bang and uh, these things that have brought this about. Well, I hope, what should we say to them? Well, I hope that God will open their eyes (laughs) because the Bible is clear that the creation reveals God's glory. Psalm 19.1, Paul writes that in some sense, for these people who sees the same thing that, see the same thing that we see but do not see God in it, there are, there, in some sense there is a suppression of truth. There is some sort of self-deception going on there. He writes uh, to Romans, Since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. You see, it's a lie. It's a lie to say, uh, scientist, if you uh, you spend your life studying uh, science or even biology, that you'd come out an atheist. It's a lie. Uh, Pew Research in 2009 did this uh, survey where they found in the U.S. at least uh, 51% of scientists, people who have devoted their lives uh, in science, believe in God. They believe in some sort of a higher being, 51%. And some of the smartest people, some of the smartest scientists in the world are Christians. People who know and who marvel at God's creation. Uh, Dr. Francis Collins is the director of the National Institute of Health. Uh, head of the Human Genome Project uh, that first mapped human DNA uh, for the first time in the world. He wrote a book called The Language of God, Language of God, in which he says, actually, even if you grant much of sort of evolution, it's still insufficient to explain humanity. This is what he writes. It's beyond explanation, he says. Humans are also unique in ways that defy evolutionary explanation and point to our spiritual nature. This includes the existence of the moral law and the search for God and the characterize, that characterizes all human cultures throughout history. He says, look, even if you grant much of evolution, you, it, it's still not enough. There needs to be another explanation for who we are and who we are, the meaning of our existence. We need God to explain who we are. Not only that, Dr. Collins and others who go into the mechanics, the language of God, the science uh, of the world, when he he sees them, they marvel at what God has done. It intensifies their awe of God's glory because creation reveals God's glory. God has wonderfully created all these things and we see God's power in them but not only that we should also see God's mercy and grace and compassion through them as well I wonder if you can see how in this psalm God is involved in the creation of the world I mean he's involved in, in in these things he didn't just create it and leave it to be some of the psalm is in past tense like in verse 5 he set the foundation or he covered it with watery depth in verses 5 and 6. But in verse 10, if you look, it's in present tense. He makes springs pour water out, or he makes the grass grow, verses 10 and 14. He didn't just plant the seeds. He didn't just create grass. He's the one who's gardening them. He's the gardener that waters them. He's the one where no one sees in the whole world. He's the one who's watering it and taking care of it, holding and making it grow. He's the one who's holding it together. He's involved. 
verses 27 to 30. If you look at there, the, the, the psalmist explicitly speaks of God's work of preservation. He didn't just create it. All creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. All creation looks to God, and God feeds them at the proper time. As advanced as we are, if God stopped the rain, if God stopped the sun or whatever, we would just die. (laughs) We need God to hold these things together. In Paul's words, in Jesus, in him, all things hold together. He's actively involved in sustaining it, in preserving it. And of course, there's sheer power in sustaining something like this, right? I have a bunch of plants at home. They tend to all die within a couple of weeks. Uh, just there is power in sustaining it, right? God sustains this whole universe together. He, he holds it together. But not only that, there's great mercy, a great compassion and love there too because isn't it remarkable that God holds everything together? I mean, think about it. If you are the one who's created the whole world, And your creation, the creatures that you have created, rebel against you. Every single one of them. Some of them don't even acknowledge your existence. And then they trash the good creation that you've created, everything that you've created so wonderfully. They ruin it with their pride and envy and lust and and laziness and all this sinfulness. They trash the whole world. Would you continue to sustain it? Would you continue to sustain those people? Would you continue to feed those people? I'm not so sure if you would. Well, in, chapter, uh, in Genesis chapter 6, God did send a, a flood to wipe the humanity out once, didn't he? When he saw the great wickedness, how every inclination of human heart was uh, towards evil, he sent the flood. And the psalmist knows that. psalmist then knows that God sustaining the world right now is an act of mercy. Take a look at verse 9. You set boundary they cannot cross never again speaking of the sea never again will they cover the earth well why won't the waters cover the earth is it because we've somehow been better than the times of noah because humanity has made great leaps forward and now we're good people is that why god sustains all of us no it's because of the promise god made to noah God made this promise, this covenant. He said, I will never judge the world like this again. He ch- he's choosing to love those who rebel against him. He's choosing to love those who are trashing his creation, trashing one another. He's choosing to be compassionate towards us because of the promise made to Noah. Jesus cites this very logic when he tells us to love our enemies. Do you remember this? Love your enemies, after all, because God causes his son to rise on the evil. Evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous, Matthew 5.45. We're told to love our enemies just as God loves his enemies. He sends the rain to the good and the bad. The glories of the creation the awesome scenery of dragon's back, the colorful, uh, the flowers and the fragrance of flowers. I mean, Hong Kong, you know, in the, in the rice season, just a few weeks back, you saw the burst of like, yellow and red, beautiful flowers um, out there. The sunrises and sunset, well, they're given for all of us, for all of us, because God is merciful. Every day, he's merciful. 
And this is something that even people who are going through the worst of crisis uh, held on to. The book of Lamentations was written after the exile, when their country was destroyed, when their homes were destroyed, when they lost their families. But this is what the writer of Lamentations said. Because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed. For his compassion never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Sometimes it is hard to see God's compassion and love when we're lost in like daily news, in heated arguments with our loved ones, or in work or spreadsheets or whatever. But if we take a step back and just watch the sunrise, the, the mercy and compassion that is new every day, how God sustains us and feeds us and provides for us every day, what do you need right now? Right? Has God met your needs right now? Friends, God's mercy is constant and present. They are new every day, even when we rebel against Him. Well, I like to apply this psalm in practical ways, but it's, it is hard um, because this psalm is not written so that you would somehow do something because the psalm itself is a response to what the psalmist has seen. The psalm is a response uh, of seeing God's greatness. It's like uh, saying, wow, after you, know, you hear sublime music or you, know, you uh, uh, spent uh, some time watching the sunset. My second year as a university student, I went down to Marco Island, Florida, with a whole bunch of my friends. Um, it, it was our spring break, but it was not like a typical American spring break. I mean, I, we spent the time with my friend's grandparents. It was grandparents' condo. It was full of retired people there. It was beautiful, though. It, it, Marco Island is a beautiful place to go. But one of the things that we did every night was every evening, as the sun goes down, sun went down, all the residents of that condo, I don't know how many there were, they all came out and sat on the porch because it faced the west, it faced the sea. And we all watched the sunset together. And I wish I could describe the sunset to you, right? The flood of yellow and orange and, uh, you know, reaching every crevice that the light could reach. It was beautiful. Every night, I don't know how many, five, six days we were there, there was no, no rain. Every night there was this sunset. And the thing was, every night, all the people who sat there watching the sunset, at the end of it, towards the end of it, we all clapped. We all clapped because it was so beautiful. And the thing is, when you see something, something so beautiful, you want to applaud something, right? Because that, is, that, that completes our experience of seeing something really beautiful. That's because we're made for God, and God has made this thing. And we want to clap. We want to give Him praise. And that's what Psalm 104 is. He is clapping. This is an applaud, uh, applause. This is a, a praise, song of praise after seeing God's greatness. But how did he get there? How did he get there? Well, he, he didn't get there by, you know, just sort of normal day, uh, coming back on the MTR, crowded in, 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 in the commute, you know. Uh, he didn't get there by, uh, 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 he didn't get there uh, doing that. Take a look at verse 34. May my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. The psalm was a result of intentional meditation. He took the time out. 
he actually went and saw, thought about the glories of the creation. He saw the sky. He saw the trees. He saw all these animals or whatever. He thought about them. He meditated on them. And then the praise flows, flowed out of him. He took the time out to reflect, and then he wrote it down. Friends, we need this. We all need this. With all the stress that's going on in Hong Kong, don't we need this to take some time out to reflect on the goodness of God? You can do that through a couple of ways, right? One, Psalm 103 is about, uh, Psalm 103, which is a pair of this psalm, is about our salvation. You can reflect on our salvation and God's goodness, but you can also do it in Psalm 104, reflecting on God's goodness of the creation. Switch off your phones, go on a hike. Mount San Shatin area has one of the most beautiful bike uh, bike uh, paths, I think, in the world. Right? You go on that uh, Mount San um, bike path. I mean, it's 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 world class beauty right there. Go take a bike ride. If you're taking a staycation soon, do take a moment to meditate. Do take some time out to think about these things, and then journal. Write them down. If you're talented, sing a song of praise to God. You will see the world differently. You will be refreshed. And secondly, take some time out just to enjoy the goodness of the creation. God enjoyed it. At the end of Genesis chapter 1, right, after he's created all things, what does the, the, the writer say? God saw all that he had made, and it was good. You can almost sense the divine sigh of enjoyment. Wow, very good. This is very good. He enjoyed it. Verse 31 tells us that God enjoys his creation. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. God rejoices in his works. And the thing is, God made us in it to enjoy all these good things too, to share in the goodness. Take a look at verse 15. He didn't create just food, bread. Uh, he created the wine, he says, and the oil, to, uh, wine to gladden the human heart, oil to make their face, uh, faces shine. Oil and wine are superfluous things. They're not basic staples that keep you alive. This is something that gladdens your heart, that brings you joy. This is something that makes life beautiful. This is why God created these things, for us to also share in the enjoyment of the goodness of God. Take a look at verse 26. The Leviathan, which you formed to frolic there. The ESV translates it as which you formed to play in it. Leviathan um, in the Bible could mean many things, but here it probably just means whale. But God made the sea so that the whales could play in it, so that the whale could enjoy the goodness of the sea, so that we could sail on top of it and enjoy it, so that the teeming creatures could delight in it. That's why God created these things. It's decidedly false that the goal of Christianity is to escape from this world. Zen Buddhist tells you that, you know, this world is not, it's, it's sort of full of temptations. You don't want to be attached to anything. No, it's not like that at all. Or, 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 or the Greek Platonists uh, uh, or Gnostics believe that the world is evil. That's not a Christian idea. God created the world and he saw that it was very good, very good, so that we could take part in it and enjoy the goodness of God. 
when Jesus comes, we won't all migrate to heaven. When Jesus comes, the heaven will come down to earth, and the earth will be renewed. Earth will be renewed, and we will enjoy all these good things in their fullness. So, friends, read the Bible and pray and praise God and do all these things. They are spiritual things, spiritual disciplines that are necessary, but also know that when you take a moment out, you know, enjoying, savoring, don't overdo it, but savoring a, 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 a glass of wine, or you enjoy music or art, or you go on a walk, these are the reasons why you're made, so that you would enjoy these things. Some of that is heavenly, and you'll find that much, much of that in the new creation. So enjoy it. But also, while enjoying it, take care of it. Many of you have seen, I'm sure, uh, nature documentaries. You know, Planet Earth, David Attenborough, uh, so beautifully narrated. It, it's, it's great. These, these shows really do uh, give you a glimpse of God's glory. But then I sometimes get slightly annoyed at the end because every show ends almost sort of predictable way, right? Like, this is your fault, the biodiversity is waning, and there's global warming, and so you're terrible people. You should try to re- uh, preserve it. Now, I mean, I say that, but I know exactly where they're coming from. But imagine, you know, these, these writers, these uh, 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 people who made the film, they spent two, three years filming these beautiful things, and they've documented them. And, but what they see also is that these things are being destroyed. How would you feel? <laughs> Right? So end of every message, they go, please preserve these things. These are worth preserving. And that's exactly what the psalmist does as well. After reflecting on the goodness of God's creation, it almost seems out of place, but it's not. Take a look at verse 35. He says, But may sinners vanish from the earth, and the wicked be no more. He's not as polite as David Attenborough. (laughs) People who deface and trash the earth. He says, let there be no more people like that. What he's saying is, we need to preserve it. This is good. These are good things. It's wicked to trash God's good creation. I know it's, incon- it's inconvenient. I'm lazy. I don't want to recycle. I don't want to go an you know, extra mile or whatever. But let's do take that seriously. Let's take the preservation of God's nature seriously. Let's take care of the, this world because it's not ours. It's God's. And God's taking immense pleasure in enjoying it. So friends... Meditate, enjoy, and take care of it. But, you know, we start the series with these thoughts, partly because these times are not easy. One way of dealing with the stress of this world is sort of escape in some fantasy world, you know, uh, in video games or movies. But when you're done with it, the world is exactly the same as it was before. It's just as stressful as it was before. But doing what the psalmist did... Well, it might not change the world, but it will change how you see the world. If you see in God's good world the goodness and the power and the glory of God, if you see in, in, in the world God's mercy and His compassion uh, that's, uh, that's new every morning, if you see the goodness of God that says, enjoy these good things, you will take a step back. Whatever you're facing, they will look different. Because you know that this, is God, this God is your God. 
God who is powerful, God who is compassionate, and God who is, who is infinitely good and beautiful. And I hope in this summer you will get to do this. Meditate, enjoy, take care, and let's see the world differently. And I know that some of, uh, some of us cannot go away um, to do this, cannot go on a hike and things, and we, don't, we might not have the time to do it. So what we're going to do now is just watch a small video that shows the beauty of God's good creation. And can we just take a time, some time to meditate on that as we watch this video? Let's all stand. Let's finish the sermon with this final song, How Great Thou Art. And this is also for our offering. So if this is your first time, you're not obliged to give the offering. So if you're part of the family, we have the offering box at the back. So we're going to sing How Great Thou Art. <laughs>